Morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia. We are continuing over here with Evan Shalema. Excuse me. And we are in Perakid Aleph, Simon Yud. Second to last Simon here in this Perak. And uh, the guy we saw yesterday is drawing parallels between the four stages of the eventual Geula. May it come speedily, swiftly, and soon in our days. May we all be zeichet to see it. And the four holidays of Tishrei. The four holidays of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah, the New Kippur, then Sukkot, then Shemini Aseres. The Goyen said the same sequence and the same progression that we have in the Tishrei holidays is identical to what we have in the four stages of Geula. And as we explained yesterday, it's not just coincidental, it's not just like a cute little hint or illusion, it's actually one and the same. It's one and the same. Tishrei is all about the kickoff of Hashem's authority, Hashem's kingship, and Hashem is a king to his kingdom, why the world was created, and that's what the Gula is as well. Redemption is about the world achieving its purpose for which it was created. And what we therefore see, what comes as a result of Hashem's kingship and Malchus being revealed in Tishrei, is what's going to happen in the Gula Ha'asidah, B'mheir v'yameinu amen, and Hashem's kingship and authority being revealed. So that's exactly the parallel, and therefore we have a um, a correlation between the two. Four stages again were Roshanah Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and and Shemini Yatzeris is judgment, and then atonement, and then celebration, and then and then um, selection. Maybe we could say celebration and selection. Lasad Lavai as well. This judgment that the Yom Lifnei Bo Yom Hashem Hagadol V'Hanoira. This is going to be the great, and awesome, and fearsome day of God. That's going to be a day of judgment for all humanity. The Mashiach comes. There's going to be after that atonement, cleansing, after the judgment process. Hashem's mercy. Then we have the celebration. Then we have the selection. Who will be left standing? Who will be left behind at the end? That's the Shmini Atzeres, whom the world is here for. Um, we need to still just, uh, I guess, to, to wrap this up, put the final paragraph to, to, to uh, not the final paragraph, one of the final touches on the second to last paragraph, is the, the, the um, specifics over here, um, where this this uh, this notion that the, the guy shared with us that we saw yesterday, that when Mashiach comes, we're going to have the Geula during Sukkot, and that's going to be celebration, rejoicing, jubilation, jubilation, and... After that is the selection. Shmini Yatzeres, Sheyichlu Akayfrim Be'eloike Emes V'Yismuchli Yisrael Levadon. Those who deny Hashem's existence will will be purged, will be weeded out. Those who are, you know, have denied Hashem and the truth, and all of Hashem's values, and we are going to be left with Kala Yisrael. The question we asked yesterday is, what about everyone in between? I mean, there's Klai Yisrael, there's us, the Yidin, there's those who deny the validity, the veracity of Hashem and His Torah. Okay, but in between that, there seems to still be a lot of people, a lot of humanity. What about all the non-Jews, the nations of the world that aren't Jewish, but do pledge allegiance to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, 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 and view Klai Yisrael as the Amanifchar, those who don't deny the truth of the Rebbein Shalalem, those don't, who do not deny the validity and the veracity of everything that Hashem stands for, and and and, and 
Agav, the same way we know that Eliyahu Navi will give us a window to do a final tshuva within before, before you know Mashiach, before the end of times, before the final epic Armageddon, whatever is going to be going on then, right? correct? <laughs> Yaakov took the Vav away, right? As Rashi brings this down, actually. There's five places Yaakov is spelled with a Vav. The five places Eliyahu is missing the Vav. It's spelled Eliyahu, not Eliyahu. Yaakov even took the Vav as a mashkin. He's hanging on to it as, as, as guaranteed that, that, you know, he's telling Eliyahu, you're not going to get the Vav back, you know, from your name, uh, you know, until you come and redeem my grandchildren. Take them out of Gullus. So he's hanging on to it as a mashkin. So anyways, this teacher used to say, when people would sing the song, Eliyahu, which is how the whole world says it. Um, don't give the vav back. Don't give the vav back. I my my take on that story always was whenever the story would 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 be brought up. This story was always brought up in my house whenever we would sing that song, and I would sing it with Eliyahu Hanavi. So I would hear about this teacher in seminary that said you can't give the vav back. My take was like she just wants to make sure that the girls remember the Maimar Chazal. But but no one, we're not really giving the vav back. We're not really giving the vav back. You know, only Yaakov can really give the vav back, even if you mispronounce it. But it's, my, my understanding is that that's really what the teacher wanted to make sure the, the you know, students were aware that it really spelled without the vav over there, and be aware of this chazal and be aware of this uh, relationship that Elio and and Yaakov you know have. But anyway, getting back to Evan Shlema here, um, Zegayim will also have a, t- a chance to do tshuva. Humanity is going to have a chance to do tshuva, not just Klai. So everyone's going to be aware of the. Eliyahu Navi being the harbinger of the impending geula, the impending um, end of times and end of days and all the whatever, whatever that's going to look like, right? This is going to be something that not just Kleisel is privy to. Whoever wants to be in the know is going to be in the know. Whoever wants to be in the loop is going to be in the loop. Whoever wants to be in the loop of will be in the loop of This is going to be like public knowledge. So Gaim will also have a chance to, to do that, that tshuva. So Gaim's kind of just giving us two extremes over here. That um, the... Um, the uh, final stage of the Geula, which parallels Shemin Yatzeris, is the selection when we're left with Klai Yisrael and we've gotten rid of those who deny God. But what about everyone in the middle? If we're left with Klai Yisrael, I mean, it sounds like there's no besides Klai Yisrael, but if all we've done is gotten rid of the Kaifrim, the people that deny everything that Torah stands for, the deny the, the nature and the values of the Rebbe Yisrael, what about everyone in between? Who's not Klai Yisrael but doesn't deny? That's the, uh, what do we do with everyone in the middle? That's not clear in this, in this guide. Um, and also, why indeed do we only get rid of them at the end? The third stage of the Geula is the one that parallels Sukkot as the celebration. Celebration of Mashiach's arrival before the final intimate meal, the Shemini Yatzeres one, which is just Hashem and Klai Yisrael. Before that is the celebration, that's Sukkot, right? Sukkot is the celebration, <clears throat> and that's, that, that finds its, excuse me, um, Poetic mentioning as well in the tefillahs that we say on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Right, we say this on the high holidays that when Hashem, when you reveal yourself, the tzaddikim, 
will rejoice, and the those who the just people, people that were the Yesharim, will 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 sing and praise, and the Hasidim. Um, uh, will 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 erupt into song. So that's referring to the celebration. That's the celebration. That's before the Shmini Yatzeres, before we we have this, you know, the final the the Klai Yisrael, we're left with Klai Yisrael, right? And Klai Yisrael, when we pare things down just to Klai Yisrael, that's the celebration. Um, why aren't we getting rid of the Kaifim then? It sounds like from the guy, the Kaifim is still around then. Those who denied denied everything. Those who put themselves in opposition to the Rebbeinah Shalalim, in opposition to everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu stands for, in opposition to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his, and his Torah and his Amenivchar, they're still around for that. Why are they around for that? Why don't we get rid of them over there? We only get rid of them at the fourth stage by the, the, the Shemini Yatzeris stage, the Suda that's just there for the Rebbeinah Shalalim and his nation. So two questions we have to ask just to, 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 you know, to tie up the loose ends over here and the remaining threads of this piece of Simen Yud. Um, what do we do? What's where? Where are all those who are in between in the fourth stage? You know, the ones who aren't klaiso, but the ones who are not in denial of Hashem. Where are they in the fourth fourth stage? Where they go? And and how come they're not mentioned? Right, the guy doesn't make any mention. Like leaves it very ambiguous and leaves it up to us to figure out. You know, are we supposed to be? Um, you know, medayik the ratio, medayik the sefer, right? The, the first part implies one direction, it goes going one way, the, the, the second half goes a different direction. And also, why the, the Rishayim, how come the Rishayim are only getting Persian after the third stage? Why are we leaving around for the third stage? They don't really have anything to do with the celebration, right? So let's answer those questions in reverse order. Let's ask answer the second question first, and then we'll try to answer the first question second. Yes? Okay. Let's answer the second question first. Um... It's two ideas going on. Why are the Rishayim still around for the third stage, for the for the for the Sukkah stage, for the Simcha stage? Why are they still around for that? They want to see what they want to see. You want to show them what they missed out on. A, we want to show them what they missed out on, but not in a spiteful way, not in a like a, not in a a um, a um, um, not in a petty or petulant way. Um, but it's it, not like ha ha ha, like you know, like na 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 na, like one of those things. So, you know, we want to see. No, no, but rather, rather, um, this is part of their einish. It's part of their einish, part of their punishments, part of the consequence for their actions is. Indeed, for it to be proven to them that they were wrong. And, and that has to be taken further. It has to be proven to them that they were wrong. I, I say that there's really two reasons. There's really three reasons. And let, let's explore them. Very deep reasons over here. Why we leave the Rishayim for the celebration. A, is part of their Einish. Simply part of their consequence of their actions for them to see that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Second of all, here's a very deep idea. We know the world's created for the purpose of bringing the presence of God into what was otherwise an absence of God. And presence of God has to be brought for the world to come full circle, because HaKash Baruch Hu can't create a world where he's only absent. That's an imperfection, an imperfection in God. He's going to create an absence of himself. There has to be presence. For there to be peoples 
who go to their grave still purporting this this um, philosophy that there's an absence of God is also an imperfection in, in, in the system, a flaw in the system. For the world to indeed achieve its goal and to come full circle, there has to be gilu yehuda, there has to be revelation of the Rebbeinu Shalalim in every facet, every aspect. Shem, you have to reveal yourself to all happens of the world, including and especially to those who denied you. And if those who denied you are able to take their denial to the grave, then Hashem hasn't been revealed everywhere. Aha! That's why they have to be there for the celebration. That's why they have to be there for the celebration in order for the revelation to be um, in totality. Okay? So they have to be there for the celebration, for the revelation of the, excuse me, the supremacy, the oneness, and the onlyness of Hashem to be done in totality. What about the people who have died? That's a good question. That's a good question. That comes at the right time. But we need to have them present for the celebration because if they can take their denial with them, then there hasn't been a full revelation. That's the second reason why they're there for the celebration. For them to see that they were wrong. They have to see that they were wrong. They have to be able to admit that before they go. Now we have total revelation. Finally, here's the deepest reason of them all, perhaps. The reason we keep the kai from the rishayim, those who made themselves diametrically opposed to Rebbein we keep them around for the celebration, is what? Is why? How, in fact, do we get rid of them? Through the celebration, through the revelation. That's actually what, in Lambdas, removes them. That's what takes their footing away. That's what, that's what banishes them from existence when their existence... evaporates. How do we have their existence evaporate? By having a total celebration, total revelation. This is a very deep idea. Anyone want another cup of coffee? Okay, listen up everyone. Listen up and listen good. Rishayim, the evil, the wicked, who deny the, any aspect of HaKadosh Baruch whether it's his existence, whether it's his empowerment, whether it's his abilities, whether it's his knowledge, whether it's his absoluteness, whether it's the absoluteness of his Torah. Yes? They get their power from the foundation of, of evil, which is the root of all evil, which is the um, ability for there to be evil. It's the Sitra Achra, an existence of evil that Akash Baruch Hu created and set up. We had this in Derech Hashem, Arthur remembers, we had this in Derech Hashem, that there's a, a, a system, a counter system that Akash Baruch created which allows for evil, which generates evil. The only reason that people are able to have evil beliefs and evil values and do evil, terrible, awful, wicked, crazy things, Hamas and all of their Hamas and company, you know, every iteration of Hamas through all the generations is because there's a root of evil, there's a source of evil, and they're tapping into that. The totality of the celebration comes from the totality of the revelation, comes from the, the totality of lifting the curtain, so to speak, and appearing presenting himself, as it were, to the entirety of the Briyam, that necessarily 
comes with a total banishing and a total removal of the foundation of anything that's not Hashem. The foundation of all that that is not Hashem, so to speak, that's antithetical to Hashem, is only possible when there's packets of, of creation where Hashem is, is absent. That's what creates those foundations, that's what creates those Shairashim, and that's what gives the ability to Rishayim, to the evil, to the wicked, to prosper and exist. What banishes the Rishayim, the way to banish them is, is the revelation. So they have to still be there for the revelation, they have to be there for the celebration, in order for the celebration to push them out of existence. It's the other way around, really. And, and, and we return to the tefillahs of Yom Dairayim, and it's set up, it's beautifully hinted to over there. Uvichain, tzadikim yiru v'yismachu, the tzadikim will celebrate, and there's, these are different levels of celebration because of different levels of rele, rele, revelation going on over there, right? Tzadikim yiru v'yismachu, the tzadikim pious, the righteous will see it, and they will be gladdened. V'yisharim ya'aloizu, the straight, the just, will sing. The chasidim berini yagilu, the chasidim, those will translate as the pious, they will break out in song. At that point now, all evil will dissipate, dissipate and disappear, evaporate like smoke. Why? The celebration pushes them out. The totality of the revelation of God, stage by stage by stage, that's what pushes them out, bit by bit by bit, piece by piece by piece. Amazing, what a beautiful idea, and that beautifully goes right back into the Shemona Esrei. So this is why they're still around for the third stage, because A, the punishment is to see the celebration unfolding, that they were wrong. B, in order to have a flawless Bria, perfect Bria, Hashem creating things, which is Hashem can only create with perfection, they have to, it has to be revealed to them that they were wrong. And thirdly, it's the celebration, is actually the revelation that's actually happening in stages, which actually pushes them out of existence. And that brings us to the fourth. Now, what about the other question that we asked? Who's around in the final stage of Geula? Is it... He says the Shmini Atzeres, which is the fourth and final stage, the intimate bonding and meeting after the the, the selective um, process of, of getting down to the to the, the Klai Yisrael. So we left the Klai Yisrael and we destroyed all the Kaifrim and the Rishoyim, all the evil and the wicked. What about everyone in between who's not evil, who's not wicked, who accepts Hashem but who's not Jewish? So they're there as well. They are there. I the guy only mentions Yidden. Teretz is that's why they're there. They're only able to be there. What's the existence of non-Jews look like when Mashiach comes? A non-Jew, his existence will be to the degree that he makes himself a subordinate. That's not the right word to use. That conjures wrong images. But an auxiliary, an appendage to Klai Yisrael, someone who is facilitative for Klai Yisrael, someone who's there to help out Klai Yisrael, assistive. If you've made it your calling in life as a non-Jew to help out the Jews, whether that's saving Jews, pulling them off of the trains that are going to the gas chambers, whether that's supporting the Jews in Congress, whether that's not trying to push the Jews into deals that are in their worst interests. I've made myself a partner with the Jews. I've made myself uh, someone who is assistive to the Jews. I've made myself someone who's a facilitator of the Jews. And, and uh, that's how Anandju has his place in the celebration of Geula and also has his place in the world to come by making himself part and parcel to Klai Yisrael, by making himself an assistant to Klai Yisrael, by making himself there to help Klai Yisrael. Okay, everybody got that? It's a very profound idea. Now, who wants to hear a crazy story, a mind-blowing story? 
You guys want to hear a story? I heard this story from Rav Berkowitz 20 years ago. The story happened about 20, 21 years ago. And it happened, I believe it happened with, I don't think he's Senator anymore, Senator Brambeck from Kansas. Someone want to Google him really quickly and see? Um, I think that was the name that I remember. Okay, we're going to pause over here to the Island and WhatsApp land to, uh, to see his career, Senator Brambeck from Kansas. Former senator, that's right. And he was senator from whence to when, Shlomo? 96 to 2011. Exactly. Okay, so he's the right guy then. Okay, good. So 96 to 2011. So this story that I'm about to tell you happened a little more than 20 years ago. Around, maybe around 20 years ago. Um, so that would make it 2003, right? So we have Shlomo telling us he was senator in Kansas, 96 to Kansas, right? Yeah. Yes, back on. So anyway, Senator Brambeck once um, was visiting Eretz Yisrael. And he was there with his his people, whatever his security detail, and he wanted to meet with rabbis. With with the uh, he wanted to meet with like a panel of rabbis. And like a selection of rabbis was called people that spoke English, obviously. Rebrickus was on this panel. He told us the story over. I was sitting in a sukkah. Again, this is about twenty plus. This is twenty plus years ago. Twenty plus years ago, and so he was telling us over the story that he was summoned to a meeting with Senator Brambeck and several other rabbis, prominent rabbis from uh, Israel. And they want to know, like, what does Senator Brambeck want to meet with him about? So Senator Brambeck said, he opened up a Bible. He opened up a Bible. you got to hear this crazy story. I heard this from Berkowitz, okay? Berkowitz is at this meeting. He opened up a Bible. He opened up the, the book of Zephania or something, maybe, or Zechariah, I don't remember. One, you know, one of these, one of these, one of the, one of the, um, the Nevi'im, that has prophecies about the end of days. So he quoted from either was Zephaniah or Zechariah, and said, and it shall come to pass that all the nations of the world shall be judged on that day. Hmm. Senator Brambeck quoted this verse from the Bible. He looks up at the Rabbanim, and he says, what are we going to be judged for? Hmm. What are we going to be judged for? Hmm. So he let the Rabbanim answer him all one at a time. And they all came out, with the exception of one of the Rabbanim, which I'm not going to say on tape. Anyone there in WhatsApp land wants to know who this was and what he said that was different, can, can uh, private message me or call me up. Maybe give me a ring. Um, so with that exception, I don't know, there's like six Rabbanim there. They all said the same thing. What did they say? They said, what are the nations that we're going to be judged for? For pushing the Jews into bad deals, into deals that were bad for their security, that were bad for their um, 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 Future. stability, that were just, they were bad for them due to politics and, um, and uh, you know, um, <clears throat> pressure and all the other, you know, bureaucratic uh, cogs and wheels, but pushing the Jewish people into, you know, quote-unquote, uh, peace treaties, into truces, into deals that compromised the, the security of the Jewish people, that's what you're going to get judged for. That's what you're going to get judged for. That was the end of the story. And, and this is what we're talking about now in the Gain, 
the 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 non-Jews that will be there for the Gula, non-Jews that will be there, Nailam Habar, the non-Jews that did the opposite, they did their very best to assist Klaisal, facilitate us with our goal, with our with our with our destiny. So they make themselves a part of that, they make themselves independent of that, they make themselves a, a sort of lavush, a lavush to the Jewish nation. They will be there for the Gula, they will be there for the Habar. Those who are the opposite, who do their best to endanger Klai Yisrael, to make Klai Yisrael accept compromises which compromise the security and stability of the Jewish nation, they are not the guy, not the non-Jews that we're talking about. Okay, that wraps up Yud. We will continue Mr. Hashem tomorrow with the last and final paragraph of Perkidav and of the Sefer, and that will be tomorrow. Thank you all for joining. Have a wonderful today.